This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start talking dirty. This is Lindera. Oh. Linda so Triloba. Well. Yeah. I want this so much. Yeah. Not, not to be mixed up with obtusiloba. Uh, I didn't even know about that one, so I couldn't mix them up. <laughs> well, uh, obtusiloba is the one that's been in cultivation for a long time. We, this is a, a recent introduction. This uh, is one I've seen, um, and I think I've told Jimmy, Jimmy Blake of Huntingbrook that I want it. It has such spectacular autumn colour, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. As do a lot of the linderers, though. Well, all the linderers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This buttery yellow, ones. yeah. Well, yellows, oranges. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen reds on occasion. But they're very graceful too, the linderers. They, this one has large green fruit when mm. it. Uh, when, we're very fortunate. Our main plant is uh, hermaphrodite, oh. uh, whereas normally there are only a single sex, um, in which case you need a male and a female plant uh, to get fruit. We were very fortunate that our, the first plant that we put in was hermaphrodite. <laughs> we get we get loads of fruit from it every year. How lucky! Um, and I'm not sure whether the progeny is um, hermaphrodite as well. I hope so. What are we having next then? I think we'll go yellow. Will we? <laughs> Have you come across this little Joey? It's uh, a definite shade plant, Hylomecon. You come across? Hylomecon. I don't yeah. know that. Mm. Well, it, it's in it's the poppy, poppy. family. Yeah. It's a poppy in the poppy family. Alpinus certainly used to grow um, Hylomecon japonica, I think it was, yeah. which is uh, spring flowering. Whereas this one is from, it's actually from North Korea, is where uh, it's originated. But we, um, I bought it in Japan. I haven't been collecting in North Korea yet. They've got COVID <laughs> so, now. Anyway, it's too expensive then, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, th this will keep on flowering off and on until October. It's oh, really, lovely. Yeah, again, we've got it growing under yews in the woodland, and it's a good spreader, good doer. Yeah. It's just a very great, tolerant of dry yeah, as well, which is great dry shade. Plants, yeah, with such lovely yellow flowers. Oh, yeah, japonica. They are, a... they are so pretty. And here's another yellow. Ah, the flowers are finishing on this one now. You come across this, another. Shade plant. Uh, I know <laughs> the heart shaped leaves should give it should give it away. I can't remember it. So it's closely closely related to Saruma. That Asarum. It's Saruma. A senior moment. <laughs> they are basically the same letters. It's like some sort of letter yeah, game. Yes. They are. Yeah, yeah. The, the one letter's moved, doesn't it? There. <laughs> Um, to get Saruma. So, somebody lacked imagination, I think. <laughs> Probably get contacted by the person who did that. It always <laughs> happens to me. But um, Ar Aristolochia, uh, I don't know if you know the Dutchman's Pipes. Yeah. Um, they're, they're all in the same family, you know, and they, and they, they all have these lovely heart-shaped leaves. In fact, that, that's another plant that we, um, I think the flowers are finished on it now. Um, um, Manchurica. It's, yeah, we've got um, uh, Aristolochia Manchurica. Uh, we originally found it in um, in Korea, so they're absolutely bone hardy. It'll take minus thirty in this stride, 
that the hardest thing I've ever seen. Um, but Manchuriensis, Manchurica, is it? Or Manchuriensis? Um, yeah, it has relatively large flowers, especially when you compare them to the North American ones, which are the other hardy species. It's a wonderful plant if you ever have the opportunity. But There's the a leaves, great plant yeah. of it in the Chelsea Physic Garden, if anybody gets the opportunity mm. to go in there. And it has a really corky bark um, on mature plants. But the Lovely leaves thing. are enormous, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they're like dinner plates. Oh. But yeah. we, should, we should get back to this one, though, shouldn't we? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we put this in um, in our woodland in a, a clear area, and it is self-seeding wonderfully, mm. um, so it's, uh, creating a wonderful, lovely area. Um, and they've been absolutely covered in flowers mm. uh, this spring. Great thing. There was a lot of research uh, done with this in Dublin. Uh, medicinal. Yeah, medicinal. We, mm. we sent a lot out to um, uh, Dublin University. For, mm. uh, what's it called? I can't remember now. Well, it, it, uh, the whole family is deep in the, in the Asian mm. culture. Um, you, we see the symbols all over uh, Korea, don't we? Yeah. And it looks like it's got a, a primrosy yellow. Is that a three yes, petal Yes, yeah, a very pretty pale yellow. Yeah, paler than the Hylomecon. Yeah. Yeah, but... Well, Hylomecon, very, very bright yeah. yellow. And then this is the first of the philictrums to flower. Ooh. It's filamentosum. We've got one called tuberosum that's very similar yeah. as well. They're both uh, woodland plants. Yeah, we've got a nice stand of this going in one of the woodland areas that we've got here nearly all our gardens shade nowadays unfortunately <laughs> it's got quite a sort of different foliage it's always hard to see a little bit on the yeah, video but yeah. you know not yeah. your standard yeah, it's, quite, it's quite chunky foliage yeah, yeah. yeah it is yeah uh, you know quite uh, similar to the de, um, de Levia. and e elongated yeah. it's the foliage that differentiates the two species i was talking about uh but yeah you've got, you've got some chinese species as well that are similar um omiensis that, that that's much shorter than this mm. um that's very shade tolerant as well but i would say later flowering them than that ah now then. name change uh, with I'm, this one. Oh gosh <laughs> I, uh, now this it's an umbellifery this is again from the island of ulungdo uh, 80 kilometers offshore um the east coast of korea going almost into um, North Korea. Now, the, the flora uh, of this little island, tiny thing, you can walk across it in a day easily, um, <laughs> even if you're as unfit as I am. <laughs> this plant growing near the coast there in dense shade because um, it's, it's heavily forested uh, in most of the island there. And it'll grow to three metres tall. As I said, it's an umbellifery. And you get these huge... White heads, yeah. uh, umbellifery. They are gorgeous. They are spectacular. They now, really, the, really are. The vernacular name translates to Ulundo celery. <laughs> um, so it's evergreen, and people people ha um, do eat it. Oh. Personally, I don't find it particularly tasty. <laughs> it's not as tasty as celery. Um, and it was originally named uh, as an angelica. And then it went to a, um... angelica tachycimensi, which is uh, the name that they use. Uh, for um, the old name for uh, Ulungto. So it's endemic to the island, so it's only a tiny um, distribution. It must be so exciting happening upon, you know, you already know you're in this special place, this tiny island, oh, and yeah. then happening upon these plants. Mm. 
Yeah, there's so many plants, wonderful plants from this island that are endemic. And it's a tiny area. Unbelievable. Um, there's the two maples that are endemic there. There's a, we've got a wonderful berberis from there. Mm. Oh, every, everybody loves it who sees it. I mean, you know, I, I had nothing to say to berberis uh, um, for a long time. But when I came across this thing, uh, very few spines, but they make up for it um, with size. I mean, the spines are, are like that. And you just get three spines on a, on a stem a metre long or whatever. Yellow flowers with a wonderful scent on them, followed by red fruit. You can imagine the oh, yeah. huge yeah. droops yeah. of... Um, but when we first went there, fruit. very few people went to Oolongdo, whereas now it's become, it's a great hiker's paradise. So you get a lot of people there now, which is such, it's a bit overgrown. Yeah. And uh, there's also um, a sorbus been described from the mm. endemic. Oh. Uh, it used to be included in co Sorbus commixta, but now it's called Ulungdoensis. Very distinct, very chunky uh, form, if you like, uh, of commixta. Now, but going back to this uh, Ulungdo celery, um, the correct botanical uh, name for this genus is Dystania, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Dystania takis. Simana, it is now. I love having you guys on the podcast, but it does make my life much more difficult because I never know how to spell anything. Well, at least we're appreciated. Uh, <laughs> um, In is... some ways. <laughs> we don't know. It proves my spelling. No, no, I don't. I don't know what you're expecting me to talk about. There's no flowers on this. No, show. I know, but it, the, the impressions will come out of here. You know, we are still early May. No, we're, we're, apparently, we're still early May. <laughs> wonderful foliage on this ligularia. Now, the great thing, I, I always point this out when I'm taking people around the garden, uh, with this ligularia, you can't tell where the slugs have been because the leaves are already shredded. <laughs> well, they don't, the slugs don't actually go for this one. You don't see it. Yeah. And, and we, we selected this plant in the wild because it was growing so dry, um, which is a, a real bonus for ligularias. You can get enormous foliage from this. Mm. And there's uh, great big uh, yellow daisies on it, N not tight inflorescence, it's sort of somewhat diffuse, but larger uh, individual flowers on this. Um, uh, so we, we call this uh, rising sun because it's such a distinct form of japonica. This, uh, we've made several collections before, and this is so much easier to grow than uh, the normal form of. Ligularia japonica. And I love leaves like that. I love a lovely oh, yeah. dissected yeah. leaf. Yeah. Oh, they're very chunky, but great big plants. What are we on now? Oh, Disporum. Disporum or Disporum, depends how you like to pronounce it. What are we on here? Longest Island. Yeah. It? It's, it's great. She's just. Uh... <laughs> it's a tall one. That? Is it Longest Island? It is Longest Island, believe you me. It um, is. <laughs> The styles aren't particularly long at the moment, that's mm. all. <laughs> isn't it um, Dan's collections? He's he got this, isn't it? And, this, um, this is Dan Costa. Um, uh, Canton, yeah, he introduced um, Night Heron, isn't it? Yes. Um, it was introduced as Cantoniensi, but it turned out to be this species. The, the stigma sticks right out on it. It isn't quite doing it yet on this one. You're talking about Dan Hinckley, of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Night Heron, and you've got Green Giants. They're all this species. 
uh, had to be corrected once we uh, but discovered. But what's lovely is that, you know, that we, we don't cut them, the old stems down in the winter. So you, they look like bits of bamboo. Yeah. There's last year's stems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But still here, yeah. evergreen. Yeah. And this this will grow up like bamboo. And as they mature, they get chunkier and chunkier. But what, what, something I've noticed with this uh, particular species is west coast of the US, it grows like a bamboo thicket. But in this country, um, you, it's just single stems. Um, you have to plant a load. <laughs> you have a thicket, you need to plant a lot of plants. Yeah. Maybe maybe Dan did do that. He's, had, he's got a, a whole thicket of it on the side of his house. I like the idea of a thicket of diasporums. That yeah. sounds... Well, it, it looks very much like bamboo once it gets going like that. It, it is when they're great. getting on for yeah. about two metres tall. Oops. And the fact the whole that thing it, out know, of the pot. It, <laughs> You've got it there in the winter as well. Now here we go. What are we going uh, on now? Now this is the plant that goes under the name of Zancalensis. I like a plant that doesn't even make it onto the screen. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> but really hard. It, it, get, it doubles in height. It's it's nowhere near. It's uh... it, it grows to at least three meters tall. Well, at the moment you'll see that the the, um, the tips of the leaves have got a hook on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and these are what we call cirrhose. They'll, once they grab hold of something, they'll start curling up and hold on to it like oh, a tendril. That's so clever. Yeah. So they climb up uh, all our sort of small trees and uh, large shrubs in the garden going through them. And eventually you'll get the purple flowers coming out of them. And followed, of course, by large black fruit. It flowers very well for us. And it regenerates itself very well. We're finding seedlings of it growing all over the place. That's interesting. We are moisture than Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to rub it in. <laughs> Isn't that just great fun, though? I know. Here's another polygonatum. Oh. A multiflorum. I mean, yeah. it's so pretty, isn't it? Oh. Oh, yeah. um, it's a shame we haven't got any of the um, the forms, the, the seeding around the garden. Um, we're getting a lot of the Betberg types with, with that wonderful bronzy foliage mm. comes out really dark. Um, they're really making themselves at home. I noticed that the, the plant finder made the mistake of calling them hybridum instead of the one of the parents of hybridum, which oh. is multiflorum. This is the fuchsia. It is a fuchsia. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure everybody will anybody who knows a fuchsia will recognise it. Afraid this is still in. in Fairly tight bud. But it looks to a species called Boliviensis, doesn't it? Boliviensis, yeah, exactly. Uh, we found it in Colombia, growing uh, uh, quite high altitude, near the border with Venezuela. The variety is called Luxurians. It's uh, spread over the border from uh, Venezuela, which is where it's uh, originally described from. Much larger flowers than the normal uh, Boliviensis. Really? Yes. What's the hardiness rating of it? I wouldn't say it's hardy. No. No. Uh, but I can't say I've, I've really tried it. It's the kind of plant you can sort of suddenly point out as being, my, oh, the, I've got Boliviensis, but this is far more superior. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got the label to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame these things aren't labelled in the wild, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, wonderful. He was putting on a fabulous show uh, in in the wild, which is why it sort of screeched on the brakes as we were driving past. <laughs> uh, I had to go and collect it. 
lovely plant. But um, I don't know, they'll take a fair bit of shade, won't they? So that, that'll help um, with hardiness. So and we'll try it underneath some of our trees. And, and I mean, if you, ha if you get one, can you, um, can you take some cuttings of it? I mean, if you get a few going... Yes, we've we've got plenty of cuttings of it going. Yeah, so if you you know if you get one, Alan, all... you can do some experimentation. Yeah, <laughs> you mean you want one? <laughs> oh dear. Oh, well, we'll see if it works in North Wales first. Yeah. But <laughs> we, we we had an, another uh, fuchsia that we collected in uh, Costa Rica. Have you uh, have you seen it? It's got silver leaves. No. Um, what do we call that one? Silver, silver lining. lining. Oh yes, I've got oh, it. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. got silver, silver leaves. We we found that in Costa Rica on the plateau, um, the Talamancana. I got it up to a height of two meters in a big pot. Woo! Gosh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you find that hardy? I haven't left it outside. I mean, right. I bring the pots under cover for the winter. Oh, we, we've we've got a plant that's been out for about ten years. Oh well, we'll try it then. Um, it, it's sort of right in underneath uh, an osmanthus. Yeah. So the foliage contrasts quite well with that. But I mean, yeah. Well, you're also sort of telling me little things that, like, you mentioned the importance of tree cover, um, yes. and in winter especially. And we have yeah. an area here called the, the the Secret Garden, which has tree cover, hedges all around, and it, which has tree cover. And that is an area we put plants when we're harding them off from the greenhouse to getting out into the garden, and it works absolutely wonderfully well. Yes, it, it's it's amazing how little tree cover you need to help with the hardiest of, of plants. That's another great tip, Levin, yeah. really, isn't it? Well, um, we, we planted one from scratch in an open field, and uh, within a few years, uh, we could put plants in there and, it would, and keep them away from frost. Yeah. Getting frozen solid, anyway. It's amazing how little cover you need. Yeah. And uh, deciduous, we're we talking about. Yeah. And, of course, evergreens, uh, even better, speaking of which. I've got, I've got English oak and home oak as well. Oh, right. So they're both yeah. you know, one of one. Have you come across this plant? The colour doesn't look very good yeah. on this uh, from here. You get the, the silky new growth. Yeah. Um, evergreen. Uh, in the ground, these uh, the foliage goes really dark green and these little contrast with it. And they're covered with hairs when they first come out. Hence the name Sericea. Translates to silky. Oh. Yeah. We get Lindorus Sericea. But this is Neolitia. Sericea in the bay family. Oh. So we, we're planting this all over the garden. We, we're using it as windbreaks. Uh, but if you get it out in, in the sun, I mean, the contrast of the new foliage against the old. Is it's amazing. Fabulous. you know. It, it really is amazing because you're saying we planted this as windbreaks. And I'm just imagining driving past your nursery in North Wales and suddenly coming like, good God, Graham, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> where did these plants come from? Has yeah. something dropped in from the other side of the world? It's amazing. Yeah, well, you, there's so many of these evergreens that you can use as windbreaks that are really tough. Yeah. One that springs to mind is uh, Viburnum awabuchii. I mean, you, you read any of the textbooks, they'll tell you it's tender. But what it loves is getting absolutely hammered by the wind. <laughs> and, well, uh, if, you, if you do that with it, it's perfectly hardy. It's, if you grow it soft, then the next yeah. frost that comes along, it'll obliterate it. It uh, is often sold in this country as um, odoratum, or yeah, was it odoratissimum? We went to Wabukiai, which is on the island of Shikoku in Japan. So that's this uh, middle island. 
uh, and on the south coast there, there it is all along the coast. It's the first thing that all the hurricanes hit. Huh. Absolutely smothered in fruit. So we helped ourselves and, and we're growing it here. And so now uh, our first plant, which I got from cultivation, I put in the wall garden, put it in a, a really sheltered corner. And of course, first decent frost killed it. Um, but these out there, they haven't looked back. I mean, they, they've smothered in fruit uh, every year now. Um, going back to those, all those climbing hydrangeas, it's, it's amazing how many people um, contact us wanting evergreen climbing hydrangeas. And they've read that they'll grow on a north-facing wall. Well, they, all the um, evergreen ones are, are tropical. <laughs> you know, what do you expect? On a north-facing wall, they, they're not going to do very well, are they? No, yeah. no. Um, you, you, you occasionally, you know, if you've got a very sheltered north-facing wall that, that keeps fairly warm, they will do on it, but uh, don't expect many flowers. No, exactly. They like the sun to get to produce flower, don't they? Well, even Petiolaris yeah. um, flowers better when it gets a little bit of sun on it, I think. Well, virtually everything, but it's, some of them do flower quite well on, on north-facing walls. Yes. It's quite selective. Yeah. I feel. Mm -hmm. Right. Change the subject. I, I don't know if you recognise this. We're, um, lovely narrow foliage. Euonymus. Oh! Uh, going back to Mr. Lancaster again. This is from his garden. Get me a whole load of seed. God, they're all sticking to each other. You, you can just see embryonic winged fruit on it. It's, it's one of these that has the very wide wings on yeah. it. Clevicola. Is the species name. Lovely. Lovely. Uh, arching shrubs you get on the mound with these uh, very narrow lanceolate leaves is what I'm supposed to call them, isn't Amazing. it? You can see how much uh, p potential there is for yeah. fruit and flower on it. Wonderful thing. Oh, God, have I got to waffle on about this now? <laughs> I think we're, I coming to, we're coming to an end. <laughs> it's been a sumptuous lot of show and tell. I, oh, wow. I'm not sure whether I've mentioned this I one before. You have, you know. Stop me if, you, uh, if you've heard it all before. Um, I want to hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the name for this is Engelhartia spicata. Um, it's one of the um, wingnuts. So it's in the um, Juglans family or the walnut family. Walnut, yeah. Yeah. Lovely thing. I mean, it, you'll get strings of seed almost a metre long uh, hanging down. It's a fabulous thing, right? Like weeping trees. Having a go with it. But what, what happened was that um, it was with Dan Hinckley again. On that, uh, it would be our last one, wasn't it? In Nepal, 2002, went there. Jamaica Kincaid was with us as well. Um, she she was uh, she wrote a book about the, the trip. Uh, hardly said anything about us, in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we, have, we, go. we have discussed this before. I remember now because yeah. the, the National Geographic. Yeah. Um, so we we collected. We came across it. Said, "Ooh, got to try that." Um, so we uh, bagged up. A load of it at home, and put. Um, we tried a tub full of it, and it germinated. Uh, just a few seedlings, um, and they turned their toes up in no time. Um, unfortunately, so the rest stayed in the fridge, and we had a, a new propagator start here um, about three years ago, uh, and she found the seed in the fridge, 
Oh, might as well sew them. Won't, <laughs> won't hurt. They came up like mustard and cress. <laughs> Hundreds of the things. Uh, only 18 years later, <laughs> sitting in a fridge. And here we are. So we, we, um, we've got plenty of material to try now to see where the best places to have a go with them. So what we're going to do is to grow them um, under protection till we get a decent sized woody trunk, which is, yeah. I think, is essential to anything like this. Uh, and then we'll try them outside. So anybody else who wants to share the uh, experience, we've got a stock of them. That are for sale. I wouldn't mind sharing that experience because we, we're growing some albizias. Um, right. Oh, yeah. I think something similar happens to them if you put them out too early and when they haven't got that thick enough trunk, yeah. um, they, they suffer. Mm. Well, um, uh, a lot of the Aralia families is yeah. like you know, yeah. the Sheffras, yeah. uh, a classic. Yeah. I mean, uh, people are selling them in nine centimetres nowadays. And if you plant those out, I mean, mm. they haven't got much hope they come across a frost. Yeah, you know, I, people are very impatient. They, 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 with our Sheffras, and I said, well, they're too small at the moment. Oh, that's fine, that's fine, I'll look after it. Well, you know, that you've got to wait you're not saying they're too small to sell you're saying they're too small for you to grow it, yes yes yeah yes. well and a lot of people have trouble in growing mm. plants in containers yeah um you know getting the the mixture right and the yeah. the, the watering mm. correct mm. i mean you've got you've got to grow these things well to get them to a decent well, size the chef macrophylla at the moment i mean we're selling a lot of it but i am warning people that we don't leave ours out over winter we bring it in even yeah. when they're sort of 12 14 foot feet high yeah, you know they're hardy enough yeah. but um it, it's the winds that kill them mm. here yeah. well that is the other thing i mean with a tall plant how many of us really have a, a greenhouse or anything under cover where we can put something that tall so yeah yeah, yeah we're fortunate in respect mm. right here's a prickly one <laughs> <laughs> again i can't be sure if i've shown you this before it's an evergreen bramble you oh. did you did show me this because I got very excited about it. <laughs> I'll shut up then. No, no, please carry on. Um, it, uh, we found it growing in dry shade in Taiwan at a high altitude. The, the nice thing about growing in dry shade is that you, you can you can you see the coloration on it, but it gets really accentuated uh, the drier it is. Um, in fact, the, the centers will go really black. Uh, and the lighter areas will go silver. It'll creep along the ground uh, and root occasionally. Um, it's, I've never found it invasive. It has white flowers, um, nothing spectacular, but they're, they're nice and bright, uh, followed by red fruit, which are quite conspicuous. Now, they're, they're sort of strawberry-like, uh, yeah. aren't they, the, um, yeah. the, the fruit? Uh, and, of course, we re regenerate it from, um, from the fruit. What's its species name? Rubus pectinellus var trilobus. Pectinellus also grows into um, Japan, but you don't get the same coloration there. It seems to be the Taiwanese form. I mean, they, they, they are, it's covered in spines here, but they're, they're more like hairs than, than the spines, really. And you can see it's trailing. We were, we've also used it as a climber. Say you've got a, an, an ivy-covered wall, this will climb into it and right through all the way up to several metres up through the ivy and pop out That's all over big. the place. Ooh. Well, you've given me an idea. There That's we go. <laughs> ivy likes the shade, so yeah. does this. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in co cold areas, it will die back. Have we got anything else? That's it. 
we've got the Arsinensis. Oh, is it? Yeah, Impact- we can talk about that one. Impatience. Oh. Ice Storm. Omeo Ice Storm. Introduced by Michael Wickenden, or the late Michael Wickenden, yeah. is now. It's got some lovely silver. I mean, I know you said Ice Storm, but the silver. Yeah. Yeah, you, you'll get a bit more hype than that yeah. from it. And then the pale yellow flowers, uh, late summer. I think the only other one we've got is the Barbiancy, which I know we've, we have shown you before, but Brendan wanted me to bring it in. Who? <laughs> oh. I mean, you? Th- this one, which we haven't got. This is an interesting plant. It's a streptopus. Ah, never heard yeah. of it. Yeah. Closely related to Solomon Sea, yeah. of course. And then you have these little uh, pixie-like flowers here, but then you get lovely red berries, which are, and it's called the watermelon tree so in the States, and they eat the fruit. And, of course, they're juicy, yeah. like a watermelon. Yeah. And oh, wow. I don't know if you can see the remnants of a flower just here. Mm. They're like a little pixie cap, uh, yellow flowers, so p- pale yellow. Yeah. But the the fruit is far more ornamental than yeah, the, the flowers. Yeah, so it's the fr- you you grow it for the fruit as opposed to the and it, um. And it's very peculiar. You've got the um, peduncle of the flower, the stalk, <laughs> and it's got a real kink in it. I don't know if you can I, make it out I, there. If I turn it around the other way, that's better. Might get it on my nose, dear. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a really it's a stunning plant. You really, I think you might have outdone yourself with the show and tell. I've got two pages. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, we, we've definitely shown this we one before. We have shown it before, yeah. Uh, Look at that. Oh, fabulous. Oh, that is marvellous. Agonia uh, barbiensis. That is fab. Look at that, those lovely red hairs. Yeah. yeah. We find it growing all around Sabbath. So um, it it's certainly grown, uh, you know, areas that snow and ice. Really? Yeah, yeah about 2,000 mm-hmm. metres. Although the, the name is uh, uh, Barvi, it, it's is a very there. warm yeah. place. So I don't know what, it must grow uh, through quite a large range there. So we've, got, we've got quite a few begonias to play about with from that part of the world. But I don't know how hardy most of them are, that's the trouble. Right. Fun. Well, that was absolutely amazing. An education as ever. <laughs> Just enter from stage left. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, another fuchsia. This was from uh, Costa Rica, Cordata. This is a collection from uh, the site where this was described from. Uh, in Costa Rica, not Costa Rica, Guatemala, they call it the banana fuchsia. Because they've got curves on them. Yeah, you can see how long they the, are. The fruit go, uh, goes uh, extremely long. Ah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, and they eat them. Ah. A little snack. <sighs> Uh, lovely little plant. They it, are extremely long tubular fuchsia flowers. Mm, mm. Yes. And Splendens is, is closely related to it as well, uh, which we find in Costa Rica. Uh, yeah, uh, this hasn't got its colour yet. It, it'll yeah. get a bit more colourful in this, deeper coloured. But there we go. That's great fun. Great talking point plant. Yeah. Last but maybe not least. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alan's got two pages of plants written down. Um, so, and I don't think that was even in massive writing. I think that was just an, an absolute voyage around the world. And oh, here we go. <laughs> A4. Oh, <this> as well. 
<laughs> he's written an essay. <laughs> I am um, when I am putting together the plant list for this episode. I can't even imagine how strong the FloMo is going to be. If you don't know about FloMo, I'm sure you have the feeling, which is that fear of missing out you get about a flower or a plant of some kind. And um, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of it. I always have a lot of it from you guys. Sue, your Instagram is always lovely to follow and see the marvelous things you're growing. Um, you shared, and I'm never going to be able to say it. Um, are artistes at Colonii? Oh, I was going to bring it in today. <laughs> we haven't bought the whole Boelius in yet. Oh, my God, no. But no, <laughs> I put it up the other day. They, it's electric blue. I've never seen them flower so well. They look fabulous. Yeah. And I don't know anything about it. So what, what does it want? What is it like, apart from being electrically blue? Well, they, they're well known to be, they're very common in the tropics. Yeah. Uh, I think, was that one from Sri Lanka or Southern India? Uh, Southern India. I think what we've, we didn't, we normally winter them in the, in the barns, don't we? In the sheds. And yeah. we didn't this year. And I think that's, um, it was in the, in oh, the right. tunnel. It in and Polytunnel. I think that's why it just looks vibrant. It just looks wonderful. Yeah. And it's quite tall as well. But meter plus. Oh, I like it even more now. <laughs> even more Flomo. Yeah. Wait, do you want us to do anything with whole Boelia's? Run out. I mean, it's just outside the back door here. I'll go and do that now. Uh, get a snippet of it. <laughs> quick, quick. Well, we can see you properly now. Look, you're yeah. in the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the herbolia that he's gone to get now, the brachyandra, the, the scent is glorious. And it's so, almost like a bit sort of counter, but melon scent. Oh. We've planted it on the south-facing wall, but it's flowering just as well on the north side of the, of the wall. So it's flowering on both sides of the wall. And it's oh. now gone up the holly tree. It's just incredible. Uh, the flowering is just um, incredible. It's, um, it's well, the holly tree is, what, 20, 30 feet, and it's at the top of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're doing really well. Oh, here we are. Those are the male flowers. Oh, mm. oh that's just... I mean, we, we're absolutely smothered this year. You, you, can't, well, it, you it, can't see the foliage. Well, it was last and, year, um, yeah. That's the female flower. I can't spare too many of these. Mm. You can see they, that's enormous. That's the same size as... Uh, Amandii. Yeah, clematis. Yeah. Mm. Flower. And, got, and a wonderful scent. Mm. It is apt that you've brought this along for the Flomo section. Yeah. <laughs> as everybody just reaches uh, for their notebook and writes it down. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, Holboelia bracteandra. Yeah. Wow. It is, uh, we found it in Vietnam in this, this same area we've been talking about. Mm. Again, just one fruit. Yeah. Collecting it uh, with uh, Dan Hinckley. And he lost his uh, <laughs> after taking it back to the US. Uh, and luckily, of course, we oh. uh, we got loads of uh, plants. Mm. So we were able to uh, supply him with some more. Oh. They've got it going over in the States now. What Not a marvellous thing. Couldn't be without it now. And it's 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 just uh, in, uh, planted in a small hole up here, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I think but we, we put side. two plants together to get fruit. You get edible fruit on these, of course, like all holboelias. But holboelias, unlike Stauntonias, are not self-compatible. The male flowers will not pollinate the female flowers on the same plant. need another seedling, as opposed to... uh, It's amazing how many people think that if they buy two plants, they don't realise that one is a cutting off the other. Oh. (laughs) So it's a clone, in a matter of fact. But you've got to get two clones. Well, that's the same with the keepers, isn't it? Yeah. Well, all of these. Mm-hmm. Oh, Anything yeah. that cross-pollinates. More revelations. 
I love it. (laughs) Well, dare I ask, Blethen and Sue, whether you have any FLOMO to share? Well, I suppose it has to be the whole barrel of um, Andra, doesn't it? Yes, one loads of it. (laughs) I tell you what is looking very good at the moment in the in the garden is the um, the Bertia, you know, and it's just that pure white, and it just seeds in very very dry pockets and to me that's a lovely plant Mm. so always more of that alan i mean do you do you basically just have most of your notebook now full of flomo well i was looking back in it to to some of the other um podcasts that we did with lederin and sue and i mean you know it's just a list of wants isn't it really (laughs) um i think i'm gonna have to get a little bit of night work in somewhere so that i can save up But no, I mean, it, it's absolutely, it's fascinating. It's always a great, not just um, to introduce us to new plants, but also the great tips uh, that come out when we're talking about yeah. your experience of keeping things throughout the winter, your experiences of planting, especially when you plant, shall we say, um, an ivy and you want it to make aerial roots yeah. or other plants yeah. make aerial roots. I mean, that I think was an absolute top tip. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. People love that. Yeah. No, it mm-hmm. is. It's incredible, that tip. And we can. I show people just the expanse, you know, how far it, they've spread in that short time yeah. on the wall. And, um, no, well, it, I think this is a great thing that I, I suddenly thought, Sue, sorry, yeah. to, I, when you were talking, you said we have designers come here. Yeah. And I suddenly thought, well, of course, you know, this makes sense because the designers are going to come and see what that plant in the pot can look like because yeah. it's growing in your garden. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the important thing. Yeah. And now I think what we've created too outside the garden, we've, we've created a, a woodland area where we grow a lot of our stocks. Yeah. And they are looking fantastic. And that's where. Uh, as I was saying about the diasporoxis, people yeah. um, cannot, you know, they're drawn to them. Um, <laughs> well, what can I say? But no, it, it is fascinating. This is the way to show people, to show them growing in situ right, as opposed to a pot to see what they can absolutely. do. Yeah, absolutely. And, they, and I think they really appreciate that. And, um, you know, I think we're having more and more of the designers Come oh, and, and, right. um, talk about this. Yep. Briefly. <laughs> Do butt in. Yes. <laughs> You've managed quite well so far. Um, <laughs> this is what's left. This starts flowering a lot, lot earlier than the Brachyandrus has been going. Is that latifolia? Well over a minute. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. form of latifolia, but the high altitude form of it. Yeah, I've written it down, high altitude in brackets. Holboelia latifolia bar chartaceum, isn't it? it? These are all male this is what we call our dark form yeah the color doesn't look uh, yeah as i was going to say the color is coming across on the screen it's, probably yeah, different it's, to good, no. yeah. it's latifolia subspecies chartracea dark flowered now the color yeah. it's it's coming to an end now but it's just um it looks quite blue yeah there's mm. masses of flowers on yeah on it and again you can see the, the, i posted it on instagram if you go back See, the, fo- the foliage has fallen off, so it's yeah. just leaving bare stems with uh, loads of flowers on it. Mm. Really stands out. Opposed to the original form of latifolia, introduced in 1825 <laughs> by Walich from uh, the Himalayas, yeah. is evergreen. And that's normally uh, 2,000 or coming up to 2,000 metres altitude. So it's nowhere near as hardy as this stuff. 
So you you read textbooks. So latifolia is not, not very hardy, whereas this stuff is bone hardy from 3,000 yeah. meters. Um, and you've got this uh, extra uh, feature of um, the flower standing out. Well, as if I didn't have enough Holwellia, uh, Flomo, I now have even more. <laughs> I've had such a lovely time. You have been as entertaining and as full of planty goodness as ever. Um, smiles on faces all round, I think. <laughs> a pleasure. Uh, incidentally, we had somebody call in last week from Seattle uh, and she follows you. She loves all your, your pods and... Um, so you're going all over the world. <laughs> well, hello to anybody who happens to have found us wherever you might be in the world. Yeah. It's people like you two who come along and share all of this, uh, this, these amazing plants and help us fill our gardens with more mm. and more interesting things and grow them well. That's the thing with all of your tips as well. Hopefully one day I'll get to come and see all your marvellous plants. <laughs> Until next time, you two, thank you very much and happy gardening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Fordice here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week and as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. Hey.